morning. Good morning, everybody. I want to say Merry Christmas to you. Yeah, let's welcome all our campuses who are joining us around the state. Glad you guys are here. If you're a church online, I'm uh, Pastor Tim, and you're coming at a great time, especially if you are new, because this is our uh, Christmas series that you probably have heard we're calling Lit. Uh, and you probably noticed people are pretty lit up around here because Christmas is called the season of light, and we're kind of lighting up this dark world around us by showing the compassion of Christ to a lot of our neighbors who are in need. And uh, I just want to thank you. Uh, thank you to every campus. Thank you every man, woman, and child who volunteered to help us pack one million meals for your brothers and sisters in Puerto Rico. So proud of you guys. It's just, just tremendous. Uh, gracias por tu ayuda. Okay, thank you for your help. Uh, look at that, man. My Spanglish is on point. That is, that is pretty good. It's amazing. We had over 5,000 volunteers register to pack emergency meals, and you guys made a huge impact uh, helping feed families who are recovering from Hurricane Maria. You know, we said 2017 has been kind of a dark year, right? Hasn't it? It's full of so much bad news. And so we said, hey, what if we just kind of, you know, shine the light and hope of Jesus Christ into the lives of our brothers and sisters who need our help, not just in New Jersey, uh, but around the world. And so this whole lit series is taking its cue from an ancient prophecy. I showed you this last week. Isaiah, it's an Old Testament prophet. This was written 3,000 years before the birth of Jesus Christ. And he said this, he said, when the Messiah comes, those who live in a land of deep darkness, a what, say it together, a light will shine. Yeah, and we know who that light is, amen? At Christmas, we celebrate the coming, the arrival of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who, who left the, you know, the glory, the light, the brilliance of his home in heaven. He traveled through space and time and actually comes to the, the dirty, dark, you know, uh, little grease ball of a planet we call Earth. And he gives his life. And when he stepped on to the battlefield of planet Earth, he actually made a statement to his followers. He said, I am the what? The light of the world. Yeah, Jesus is the light that dispels the, the darkness of our sin and our brokenness, and he leads to eternal life. But you know what else he said? This is important. He said to his followers, now here's the deal. I'm the light of the world, but those of you who believe in me, I'm gonna come into your life and then watch this. I'm not gonna be the only light of the world. Now, watch, you are the what? light of the world. In other words, my life is going to flow out of you so that when you live, you're going to actually, the way that you act, the way that you live, the way that you serve, people are going to see me. I'm going to shine my life through your life. The Holy Spirit's going to go through you. And guys, that's why you and I are, are, are devoting ourselves. We're Christ reflectors, right? At Christmas, we want to shed light on the real heart of God to a very cynical and dark world. And so we're, we're feeding the hungry in Puerto Rico. We're bringing clean water to, you know, kids in Rwanda. It's why we're, we're loading some of your high schoolers, you know, on a plane and we're sending them to, to uh, the Dominican Republic in 2018. Uh, but today I just want to share with you the heart of this house, of this church, for serving kids and families with special needs. And that is an area that we are so passionate about. And I, I want to share with you today just a beautiful passage of Scripture. It comes from 2 Samuel chapter 9. So if you have a, like a Bible app on your phone, you can kind of flip there. But 2 Samuel 9, to me, is, is one of those tender stories about the heart of God that choke me up every time I read it. It's a story uh, about a king, probably the most famous king in the Old Testament, King David, who ruled over Israel during like Israel's glory days. And King David was one of those powerful rulers in all of ancient history. And as the curtain opens, 
David, uh, you're gonna see he's coming off this string of like major military campaigns. There's a whole list of them in, in 2 Samuel 8. Basically, David, you know, destroys the Philistines, the Moabites. He, he destroys armies of 50,000 soldiers or more. He basically kicks tail in Jesus' name. You know what I'm saying, all right? And 2 Samuel 8, 14 simply says this. The Lord gave David what? Victory wherever he went. And with every victory, King David became powerful. He became rich. In fact, at this moment, he is the undisputed monarch of the ancient world. He has amassed armies and chariots. He has storehouses full of gold and silver. I know some of you are like, dude, you look like Burger King. <laughs> I know, I see you, I know what you're thinking. Why, why? Because God was with him and the people loved King David because they're like, finally, the warrior king we've been waiting for. And, and the reality is he foreshadows, he foreshadows the coming king, Jesus Christ, who's born out of his line 2,000 years later. But I, I want to put this on and set the scene for you, okay? Because as this scriptural story opens, King David is actually sitting on his throne. All his enemies are defeated. He is the undisputed heavyweight champ of the Middle East. And here's what it says. It says, verse 15, David reigned. He ruled over all Israel doing what was what, say this together, just and right for all his people. So David wasn't just rich, he was righteous. He was a just man, he had a heart that loved mercy. Not just that, the Bible says that David was a man after God's own what? Heart, and this is important. Because this little window that we're about to see is gonna open up a window into the heart of God. And I think our heart is a house, God's house, for families with special needs. So I want to read this together. This is verse 3, 2 Samuel 9. David, in his first day in office, he's on the throne and he calls in his servant. It says this, King David asked, is there no one still alive from the house of Saul to whom I can show whose kindness? God's kindness. Now stop here because this is a weird question for David to ask. Anybody know who Saul is? Saul is the previous king who hated David. <laughs> Saul despised David. Saul was insanely jealous of David. In fact, when Saul learned that David was gonna succeed him on the throne as king of Israel, Saul went postal. <laughs> Saul, Saul took a spear and like chucked it right at David's head. This is the original Game of Thrones, okay? And basically for years, Saul hunted David like a dog, actually chased him into the desert. David had to live in a cave for years while Saul's men hunted, tracked, and tried to murder him. But now watch. When David assumes the throne, the crown goes on his head, his first question is, hey, is there anyone still alive from the family of my enemy to whom I can show whose kindness? God's kindness. God's kindness is crazy. It's called grace. It's about you don't deserve it, <laughs> you don't earn it. Grace is when God's mercy and radical kindness comes to people who don't deserve it when they least expect it. Thank God for grace. And so servant Ziba speaks up. Ziba answered the king. He says, yeah, yeah, there's still a son of Jonathan. He's lame in both feet. Well, where is he, David asked. And Ziba answered, he's at the house of, now these are wacky Old Testament names, just work with it, people. He's at the house of Machir, son of Amiel, and Lodabar. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings, okay? Just uh, work with it. But now here's what it says. So King David, go ahead, where, where is he? Go ahead, next slide for me. So King David had brought him from Lodabar, house of Machir, son of Amiel. And here's the kid's name, all right? I want to say it together. 
when Mephibosheth, want to try it? Mephibosheth, we'll just call him Crystal Meph. Son, that's for you. Son of Jonathan, son of Saul came to David. He bowed down to pay him honor. Now, now watch this because this is super important. David said, Mephibosheth, at your service, he replied. Well, don't be afraid, David said to him, for I'm surely going to show you kindness for the sake of your father, your daddy, Jonathan. See, Jonathan was Saul's son. This was David's BFF. <laughs> he says, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to restore to you all the land that belonged to your granddaddy, Saul, and you, son, will always eat at my table. And Mephibosheth bowed down and he said, what is your servant? That you should notice a what? A dead dog like me. Now this is not false humility, but why is he calling himself a dead dog, right? This is Saul's grandson, yes. But did you catch it in verse three? He had a special condition. Mephibosheth was what? What's the scripture say? He's lame in both feet. In other words, he had a disability. Kid couldn't walk. We don't know why right now at this point, but he had a special condition. He had a special need. And, and, and you might wonder, well, how does this happen? You know the Bible actually tells us? In 2 Samuel 4, here's what it says. Jonathan, son of Saul, had a son who was lame in both feet. How old was he? Five years old. When the news about Saul and Jonathan came from Jezreel, so his nurse, his nanny, picked him up and fled. But as she hurried to leave, he fell and became, what's the word? disabled, his name was Mephibosheth. So, so he had this, this disability, a handicap from early on. Apparently there was a tragic accident, yeah, in his childhood. And he fell and he couldn't walk properly. And let me tell you something, to have a, a need like this in ancient times, oh, kings were thought to be blessed. You had a disability, you were thought to be cursed by God. That's why he says, I'm just a dead dog. Now, now thank God we don't think that way in the modern West, right? Today we have special education, we have all sorts of accommodations for the disabled, not in David's day. See, in Old Testament times, at this moment in the Bible, people are still living under a thing called the Levitical law. And it had a special stigma for people with special needs. In fact, Leviticus 21 commanded this, listen to this. It said, when people came to church, to God's house, it says this, no man who has any what? Defect may come near, no one who is blind or lame, disfigured or deformed, no man with a crippled foot or hand, or who has any what? Eye defect is to come near. How many of you are wearing glasses today? Get out, okay? <laughs> That's the Old Testament. He has a defect. He can't come near the house of God. See, the, see, being a child with a disability carried a huge stigma in Old Testament times. There, there wasn't just a social stigma. You were isolated from community. There was a spiritual stigma. Something's wrong. He can't go near God. He can't go to church. That's different. I mean, imagine the life of Mephibosheth from five years old. Everywhere he went. Now, he didn't, didn't have a wheelchair, I'm sure. Maybe he was carried. Maybe he dragged himself. We don't know. But from early on, everyone recognized that's different. And that's why he says, I'm just a dead dog. My wife, my, my life isn't worth much. I'm, not, I'm no good to anybody. And by the way, did anyone tell you? My, my grandpa is Saul, the guy who tried to kill you. <laughs> I'm thinking Mephibosheth thought David brought me here maybe to settle scores. That's what they did in ancient times. 
If you assume the throne, do you know what you did to the descendant of your enemies? Eliminate all of them. You wiped them out. But you forget, David was a king after God's own what? Heart. And he had the heart of King Jesus. So what does he do? This is the beautiful part. Verse nine, then the king summoned Ziba, Saul's steward, and said to him, I've given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. So you and your sons and your servants, here's what I want you to do. I want you to farm the land for him. I want you to bring the crops in for him so that your master's grandson may be provided for. And Mephibosheth, grandson of your master, he will what? Always eat at my table. In other words, son, you don't have anything to be afraid of. I want you to pull up your chair and understand something. As long as I'm on the throne and I have power, you will always have a privileged place at the king's table, amen? That is the beautiful picture. You're not gonna sit outside the city gates. You're not gonna hang out. You, my son, you are a son or daughter of the king and I'm gonna care for you and I'm gonna provide for you and I am going to be the one who takes you under my wing and I love this verse, verse 11. So Mephibosheth (laughs) sat and ate, next slide, ate at David's table, like who? One of the king's sons. In other words, give this kid the royal treatment. Friends, this is a beautiful picture of the heart of King David. Let me tell you something, that is also a picture of the heart of God. More specifically, the heart of King Jesus, who at Christmas, the king of heaven, looks down at our brokenness and our sin and our, our issues, and he says, I'm gonna go get them. And I'm gonna trade my life so that person has a place in my family at my table forever. That's Christmas. That's why we worship Jesus. I, I love David. I mean, this is the most powerful man on the planet at this moment. <laughs> and what is David? I mean, what would you do? What would you do if you had all the power? You had all the finances. Every, you could do it. Call the shots, anything you want. First thing this guy does, he says, I pick this child with a disability. Does that tenderness touch you? Man, I got a young boy, that touches me. I remember six years ago when I, uh, I was reading the scripture for the first time and it was clear as, as day. And God said to me, Tim, in my house, in this church, you better make sure that there is always a privileged place at the table for those with special needs, especially children. That's what God said to me. And I'm, I'm not a king, I'm just a pastor. <laughs> But I'm like, man, as long as God gives me breath and grace to lead this church, I pray this will be true of us. If you're with me, say, I'm with you. Yeah? Guys, as a church where Jesus is worshiped as king, we have a vision. (laughs) And our vision is to be radically inclusive of people who are often overlooked and underserved. And I want the heart of this house to be known for lavishing the, the love of the Lord on people with physical needs, whether it's they're lame or they're blind or they're deaf. I want to be for people with developmental disabilities, autism, Asperger's, Down syndrome, ADHD. You know, at Liquid, we have a burning passion to create a place at the table for kids like Andy Davila. You've probably seen Andy's face on the walls of our church. He's the handsome little boy of Kyra and Jose Davila. He's one of hundreds of families that we are privileged to serve every Sunday at Liquid at our campuses. But today, I wanted you to hear the story of just one. Listen with your heart ears to this story. 
our son Andy, he's four years old. He has Down syndrome. When the doctor told us uh, that he had Down syndrome, I felt like the room was coming down, like the walls were coming down on us. And uh, it was a very, very painful moment in, in our lives. Akin to mourning, because you expect a child, a healthy child, and then you grieve the loss of the child that you didn't get, and you come to terms with the child that you did. And that's a very long process, and it's very painful. Andy is a fun-loving, joyous kid. He's very affectionate. He's just very in tune to people's feelings. Yeah. He also, he loves music. He yeah. loves to dance. He loves to eat. Yeah, he loves, he loves food to Food is, food and music. Those are his two things. <laughs> when we found out that he had Down syndrome, we decided to come to New Jersey where we, it's one of the best states to live in for special needs. In our case, we just knew that coming here was the best decision for him. And if that implied giving up all our friends, our family, our church, our home, our language, our culture, like even if it was that painful and that big, we still knew that we, that we needed to do that. When we first came to Lakewood, we went up the stairs and the first person that we see handing out bulletins was an adult with Down syndrome. And I remember that we were holding hands as we were walking up and I just squeezed his hand and we said, what kind of a place is this? We need to find out more about this place. I think it was about six months after we had moved from Puerto Rico to New Jersey and we had been coming regularly to Liquid. Pastor Tim did a series, a Christmas series, where he spent the first part of that message series preaching on special needs. That he wanted Liquid to be known as a place where people with special needs would always have a place at the table. Once we heard that message, it, it was a direct confirmation from God telling us, I'm taking care of you, I'm holding your hand throughout this journey, you'll, you'll be okay. To be in a place, in a church, where they want to have a place at the table for people like that is one of the most humbling things to be a part of. Every Sunday I see his buddy and all the volunteers welcome him with open arms and it really fills my heart with joy. We love to get the reports of Andy loved worship today, he loved to dance, or we didn't know the dance moves and Andy taught us all the dance moves, that that just puts a huge smile in our faces. It's a neat thing to hear about your kid. Our dream for Andy and also for our daughter Gabby is first and foremost that they have a relationship with God. Short-term goal that he speaks, speaks. that he learns to, to talk fluently. Long-term goal that he goes to college, um, gets have a, a job. Have a girlfriend, go sure. on dates. Yeah. <laughs> have someone to love him in a different way than we love him. That would be really awesome. We can't wait for Liquid Church to be known as the best place in the Northeast for families with special needs. It'll be a chance for people to see God's work on earth. Isn't that beautiful? Love that. We have a vision, guys. We want to become a leading church in the Northeast for ministry with 
families that have special needs, and we're making extraordinary progress largely due to the leadership of Susie Sorez, who serves as our director of, yeah, let's hear it for Susie and her team, the whole inclusion special needs team, incredible. Whenever I go to Susie's office, I love it because she has a verse that says, you know, to be a voice for the voiceless, that's your purpose in life. You're getting a voice. The word is getting out. We used to have like a, a half dozen uh, kids we were serving, you know, a few years ago. How many families are we serving now on a typical Sunday? Yeah, so we've taken quite a jump. Uh, right now, across campuses, we, so, we serve over 100 families every over, single Sunday. Over 100 families, which is incredible. Now, most of them have buddies, and some of them have multiple kids. How many volunteers are involved serving kids with special needs? Yeah, so it could be anywhere between 150, 175 on a given Sunday. Absolutely incredible. Uh, our classrooms now have chill space, and we have some other things that have come online this year. Yeah, so our chill spaces offer kids a break uh, from their environment just to go in, take a quick sensory break and reconnect with their buddy and then head back into class. Um, here in Parsippany at the broadcast campus we're privileged to have uh, the sensory gym which provides a whole different kind of break um, but it also enables us to really work on building relationships with typical peers in their classroom too so it's just a great benefit for the kids to have that as well. And what's really cool for our campuses is under Susie's leadership, we have now have reached our goal. We actually now have professionally trained staff for folks with special needs at every single Liquid campus. So congratulations to you guys. That's amazing. That is so cool. Um, if you're kind of new to this conversation, um, just so you can kind of orient you, like New Jersey um, has the highest rate of autism in the nation. Did you know that? Uh, it's one in 68 children nationally, but in uh, the autistic spectrum disorder. But in New Jersey, it's one in 45. And for boys, it's one in 28. And that's the case with your family, Susie. Can you tell us a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah. So my husband, Alex, and I have three children. And our youngest son, Ethan, is 12. He has autism and epilepsy. And he's primarily uh, nonverbal, uses a device to communicate his basic wants and needs. And his week is full of therapies and doctor's appointments. And forget it if he gets sick or has a seizure. That's a whole other um, thing for that week. And uh, the thing that I just love, though, about Liquid is that it's one of his most favorite places to go because of the buddy that works with him every single week. It is. It's really something that Susie's helped us understand, really impacts the whole family, even if it's just a, a one child. And so we've started ministry to many of the parents now. Yeah. So Parents' Night Out is uh, once a month on a Friday night, and it offers our parents the opportunity to drop off their child with special needs as well as their siblings for three and a half hours of free childcare. And we have everything from games, bounce house, you name it, it's pretty much there. It's tons of fun. Um, on Black Friday, we were able to offer Parents' Day Out, which gave the families five hours to do whatever they needed to five do. Five hours? Yeah. Five hours of Christmas shopping or <laughs> yes, napping? whatever they Christmas. needed. <laughs> That's what I and, did. And, <laughs> you know, there, there was one family that cried all the way back to pick up their kids, but it was, it was fun. We also have a support group that is launching. Want to make that available to all campuses. Tell yes. us when and where it meets. Yes. So once a month on a Friday night here at our broadcast campus, we offer a parent support group. And we offer child care for that as well. Uh, that's two hours. And it's really a place for parents to come together, swap um, strategies and supports. Um, but more than anything, just to have a place to belong and know that everyone else in the room gets it too. Yeah. Guys, we can't thank you enough for all those who volunteer to make this possible. I want you to know your impact is rippling out beyond these church walls. Uh, in fact, this fall, um, our church was invited to attend the, uh, the annual uh, award ceremony for Special Olympics, and w it was incredible. We didn't even realize this was happening, but I wanted you guys to know. So we went, and we received the 2017 
Special Olympics Award for Volunteer Organization of the Year. That's incredible, big deal. You, get, you guys are connecting the heart of God to the needs of the community and the Olympic organizers wanted to thank you. I was like, well, we can't bring them all. So they sent this, take a look at this. Hi, Liquid Church. On behalf of the Special Olympics of New Jersey Area 5, thank you very much. The partnership that has grown up between our two organizations has really uh, been amazing. Uh, we count very much on volunteer support, and the Liquid Church has provided financial volunteer support for the several hundred athletes in Area 5. Uh, we run several events uh, a year, just like today's swim meet, and we couldn't do it without organizations like you. You're really amazing. Your uh, support has just absolutely blown me away. Thanks again. Our volunteers I mean it's amazing we don't have time to highlight everything nothing thrills me more let me tell you you know when you think of the reputation of a church nothing would thrill me more than our leading reputation be like oh liquid church that's the place where they roll out the red carpet for families with special needs um, so whatever challenge that your family's facing with your kids your relatives grown adults understand you will always have a privileged place at the king's table our vision is inclusive, it's expanding to adults. Susie, as you look into the future, tell us what's next that you see on the horizon. So a lot of our kids are actually growing up. And so right now you'll see more teens and young adults with special needs serving on a dream team, which I just love because everyone has something to contribute to the body of Christ. And um, the really cool thing about that, though, is that our feeder program from that is really one very special night, Night to Shine. Night to Shine. And this is where we need your help, guys. As part of this year's Christmas offering, I want to get this on your calendar now because a lot of you had a great experience. Like, hey, one million meals, that was an awesome outreach. If you're like my family, I need like two months in advance to plan that kind of stuff. Uh, so circle your calendar, February 9th, 2018. This is the Friday before Valentine's Day. We are again partnering with the Tim Tebow Foundation to host Night to Shine. It is a prom for adults and teens with special needs. Last year, we hosted five special needs proms at five different locations. This February, we're gonna host the equivalent of six proms under one roof at our broadcast campus. We are calling it New Jersey's largest party. Uh, and for Colleen and I, this is our favorite night of the year. We shine the shoes of our guests. We literally roll out a red carpet. Some of you will serve as paparazzi, cheering, taking pictures as our guests roll on in. And uh, it's just an amazing night. I mean, the community comes out. We uh, do hair and makeup of the girls. We dance into the night. We have a Chick-fil-A dinner, okay? I mean, this is serious stuff. And uh, it's one of the just the coolest nights. The, the best part for me is when we have our crowning ceremony at the end. Because I don't know if you, you know, I just remember going to my prom and it was always like, oh, who's the cool couple, right? Who gets the crown? Uh-uh-uh-uh. At night to shine, we declare at the end, every man and woman is crowned king or queen of the prom because that's who they are in God's eyes, amen? That's who they are. That's how it rolls in the kingdom of God. And guys, this is the one of the reasons that Tim Tebow uh, came to visit you this fall. You know, he just, he's like, Tim, I want to personally thank your volunteers for the way that they support and they serve the special needs community. That's our vision, right? The world is like, you know, well, you know, people who are over, you know, they may be last in line. No, no, no. They're celebrated first in the king's kingdom. Remember what 2 Samuel says. I love it. That's what motivates me. So Mephibosheth ate at David's table like who? One of the king's 
sons. And that is the heart of Night to Shine. We want to give every guest the royal treatment and treat them like kings and queens. Now, here's the deal, Susie. We need an army of volunteers to pull this off. Tell us what's new in 2018. So the first thing is our beauty bar. That's a new addition. And this will run from 11 to 4 on the day of the prom. And we really want to give our guests and their caregivers a spa-like experience. So if you are professionally trained to do hair or makeup, we definitely need you. We're looking for people who would be willing to donate a couple hours of their time to make this possible. So you need people with uh, experience in hair care. Yes. We'll talk. <laughs> the... Uh... <laughs> Seriously, we do need volunteers in that, but we also need buddies. Buddies are kind of like the host for the event. We'll pair you up. It's kind of like, like a date, but, you know, just obviously just platonic. And we, it's dinner. It's dancing. I, can I be honest, though? I'm guessing there are some people who might want to be involved, but they feel like, oh, is it going to be awkward? Like, you're just going to throw me in the deep end, and I'm going to be uncomfortable? Tell us about yeah. it. Is that what we do? <laughs> no. Okay. So before I had my son, Ethan, um, I really didn't have very much exposure to people with special needs. And God has really opened my eyes and shown me that we're really not that different. We're more alike than we actually even think. Yeah. And, um, and so we want to set you up so that you feel ready and successful on the night of the prom because that connection between you and the buddy is what's most important. And so we'll provide training. You can mark your calendars now for January 21st. Campus at, at every campus will host training and we'll give you tips and techniques to use. And then the night of the prom, we'll also provide uh, buddy coaches who will be you know, floating around and they will be able to step in and, and provide assistance if you, need, if you need that. Now this is a big night. How many volunteers, can I ask, do you actually need? Do you want to know how many? I need the real number. The real number is 1,000. We need 1,000 volunteers, all right? So that's about 500 buddies, 500 volunteers, you know, because we do limo rides in the parking lot. We serve Chick-fil-A. We all do all this great stuff. Um, but it really is uh, an easy way to kind of maybe just test the waters if maybe special needs is something that God is leading you into as a way to serve the community. Um, tell us, if people are interested, how can they get involved? So today, you want to go to our website, and you will find a spot there where you can uh, be notified for early notification to sign up for Night to Shine. So these opportunities are going to go fast, so you definitely want to go to the website today and uh, add your email to the list there. Just click on the Night to Shine graphic. Everything is always on liquidchurch.com. But I just want to thank Susie and her entire team, all of our volunteers. Can we thank all of our buddies and teams with special needs? So grateful for you. To me, this photo says it all, okay? Let me show you these guys. This is Richard and Tommy. Uh, last year's uh, prom, Richard is actually a client of CPNJ, that's cerebral palsy of North Jersey. And Tommy is actually his buddy. Tommy leads a small group with his wife, Danielle, of 20-somethings. And last year, Tommy volunteered to be um, Richard's buddy or host for Night to Shine. And I said, you know what? It's rippled out beyond that one event. Take a look at this relationship that they're forming. So I first heard about Night to Shine actually from Pastor Tim's message uh, on Sunday and one of the things that kind of pulls me is that you know you're like man like that sounds so exciting a because it's a prom and it's a party and it's also because I love serving people with special needs so it just kind of combined the best of both worlds. I think the first time that we ended up going to Night to Shine together it was just one of those things that you know carried our, our relationship forward so we had spent time already 
volunteering together and serving and just going to different things, you know, different events, but then spending the night actually as buddies and to party and to eat and to kind of dance around and just, you know, it just brought it, our closeness to another level. And I think Richard really enjoyed that. But after Night to Shine, I think that was just a pivotal moment where we were able to become even more of friends because of the fact that we shared that experience together. One of the things that I've been introduced to through the church is um, uh, volunteering with CPNJ, which is Cerebral Palsy in North Jersey. So anytime those opportunities come up, you know, whether on a weekly or bi-weekly basis, it's something that, you know, I definitely always try to make it to. I mean, God calls us to love on each other and, you know, either the least of these or the most of these, it doesn't matter. Um, the internal implication for that is just that we get, to, we get to experience God and His grace and His salvation. I think Richard has taught me many things. I think there's a value of patience, value of compassion, uh, and the true value of friendship. One of those things that Richard and I get to experience together is that we, we look at each other uh, genuinely. We see each other as people. Uh, we don't see the flaws in each other. We don't see the, you know, the ineptness or the, the proud part, the good part or the bad part. I mean, we just look at each other like two people that get to share a moment together. And um, that's one thing he's taught me is just to, to savor the moment. Isn't that cool? You know, I, I love how, um, did you catch what Tommy said? That is important. He said it's reciprocal. This isn't one way serving. This isn't like charity. He said, as, I, as I'm serving Richard, Richard is teaching me. <laughs> about God's compassion and his patience and his empathy and, and his care. And it's a relationship that started at Night to Shine, but now it's bearing fruit far beyond that. In fact, this is kind of cool. I'll show you this picture. Uh, Colleen and I visited our campus in Essex County in Nutley. Guess who greeted us at the door? That's Richard, who now serves on the greeting team there. And uh, in Essex County, a couple weeks ago, they had over 20 residents from Cerebral Palsy of New Jersey and their aides with them. They now worship with us on Sunday mornings. Over 35 folks from that community, which is awesome. That's what it looks like. See, guys, you have to understand this about your father. This is your father's heart. Your father in heaven has a preference for the poor and overlooked because they're able to show his heart. People think God is angry and distant, and in New Jersey, they're so cynical and hardened. But in Luke 14, Jesus tells this story about a king who, who throws a party. He says, yeah, the, the king throws it. Jesus literally says, the king said, I'm going to have a party. No, don't show him the punchline yet. Listen, the king has this party, and he's like, okay, go out and invite people. And his servants go out, and they actually invite the rich. They invite the successful. They invite the powerful. They invite the politically connected, because that's how the world works. And Jesus says, no, 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 you got this all wrong. I want you to go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town. And here's who I want you to bring. Here's who I want in my VIP guest list. Read together, church. The poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame. That's who I want in my house. That's the heart of King Jesus. So you understand, when, when, when we're engaged in this ministry, we're literally peering into the heart of our Lord and Savior. He says, they're made in my image. And you know what? This is so important. This is how you light up a sin-darkened, cynical world that's full of haters. You show them compassion of Christ, no strings attached on display. This is who your Savior and Lord is. We want to see miracles. 70% of Jesus' miracles were on behalf of those with disabilities and those in handicapped. 
That's how close it is to his heart. And that's why we say it's gonna be the heart of this house. Amen? Through your generosity, we're gonna do this in 2018. I told you this last week, Night to Shine is being entirely funded by this December's Christmas offering. Last week we gave you a brochure. If you didn't get one, make sure you grab one in the lobby after the service. Just, I just asked you, said, take it home, look it over, pray about it between now and Christmas. Because every, every Christmas, what we do is we receive an offering in December, really funding missions of mercy. Whether it's feeding, you know, the hungry or night to shine, we're like, we just want to lavish the love of the Lord. <laughs> um, people can't possibly pay us back because that's what Jesus did for us. At Christmas, the king in heaven says, I'm leaving my throne. And I'm coming down to meet you in your brokenness so that you can be sons and daughters of God. And so understand as a Christian, guys, this isn't about caring. This is about your calling. So I want to challenge you. What will you give to our Christmas offering this December? I mean, we got a big goal. We're asking God to provide $1 million above and beyond our annual budget by December 31st. That's going to fund clean water and student missions and night to shine. And we need every family at every campus everybody to contribute together. So I want to encourage you, just ask God. This is what I would encourage you to pray. I dare you to pray David's prayer. This Christmas, to whom can I show God's kindness? I want to have your heart, Father. Ask God, I want to leverage my power, my, my finances, everything I have, my time and my energy, to put behind what's on the closest to your heart. So God, how do you want me to use all the power and influence that I have on behalf of those who might not have a voice? Ask them and then act on it. You know, I had a family come up to me and they said, um, you know, Tim, we have, we have grown kids. And they said, they, and, uh, our children didn't have, you know, special needs uh, growing up, but this has really struck our heart. And um, they said, even though our kids are out of the house, they said, we've been blessed. And we figure if we can use a little bit of what God's blessed us, to make another family's life easier, then that's just our joy to do. And they made a very generous gift to help fulfill this mission. So would you, I'm gonna encourage all of you, just pray about what you'll give to our year-end offering because here's the deal, guys. God's bringing Mephibosheth to our house. In fact, he's already here. He's coming for Christmas dinner. And I look at that and I think about God's mercy in my life and the broken areas of my life. And I look at that and I say, thank God there's a place for all of us at the king's table, amen? Every single one of us has special needs in the eyes of God. <laughs> we all need God's grace and love and compassion. So take that image home. Let it burn on your heart from 2 Samuel 9. Mephibosheth ate at David's table like one of the king's sons. If you're new to our church, you got a family member with special needs, man, we feel honored that you're part of our church family. As your pastor, here's what I can promise you. We will always treat your son or daughter like one of the king's kids because they are. This is personal. We want to love on them like they're our own flesh and blood. And so if you serve, you volunteer as a buddy, I just want to say thank you for the difference that you're making. If you're like, man, I'm moved. I want to get involved in this. There are two ways that you can join God's mission this Christmas. First, we need everyone to give a gift to the Christmas offering. If you can do that by December 31st, that will fully fund our mission for next year. We want to finish this year in the black. So please do that. We put an offering envelope or you can go to liquidchurch.com. Secondly, I'm going to challenge some of you to sign up to serve and be a buddy in 2018, all right? Go to our website, and we'll send you the details this January. Or maybe you're like, I'm not just going to be a buddy at night to shine. Maybe you're like, I'm going to pray about being a buddy at my campus on Sundays. I have two teenagers, and on Sundays, 
Both of them serve as buddies in our special needs program. And can I tell you something? Nothing they do in school, nothing they do or accomplish on the athletic field will make me prouder as a dad than when they share their father's heart. Understand? So if that's your heart, after this service, we're gonna leave out a couple minutes, go to Liquid Kids. Talk to your special needs coordinator at your campus. You will be the hands and feet of Jesus and change a family's life and your life will change, amen? Thanks for being the kind of church, guys, where there is a place at the table for everyone, amen? Let's do this. I wanna thank our Father in heaven and let's, I wanna pray together. Would you stand up? Grab the hand of someone next to you. It won't be weird. Go ahead, just grab hands, all right? We're all part of God's family here. Let's bow our heads for prayer. Father, we thank you for the heart of Christmas. Beyond asking what we can get, we are asking, Lord, what can we give? Thank you, Father, for giving your son, Jesus. He who became rich became poor, so that we who are poor might become rich and part of your family. God, I thank you for Richard. I thank you for Tommy. I thank you for Susie. I thank you for every single family here who shares your heart. But Lord, now we ask that you will do a special work in us so that in 2018, Father, your compassion can ripple out of here and shine light into the darkest cynical places on this planet. And that when people see the kind of loving service and tender compassion, they'll see Jesus high and lifted up. Father, we thank you so much that you've called us into your family and you've given us purpose. It's not about caring, it's about our calling as followers of Christ. So we dedicate this mission to you, this cause. We ask you to breathe on it, do more than we could ever ask or imagine. And we ask all glory to go to our Savior, Jesus Christ. And God's people said together, amen, amen. amen.